Hello, this is Deb from Deb's Data Dojo, part of the Calling All Beings podcast network. Today I have two special co-hosts. One is DJ, who is the host of Calling All Beings, a yoga instructor and a retired member of the U.S. Air Force. The other is Kevin, who is a member of Calling All Beings, a musician and a behavioral technician. DJ and Kevin, welcome to the show today. What is going down, party people? We're going to bring a little bit of Calling All Beings up in this joint. Because we have a very special guest, okay? This is a woman I've been waiting to talk to since August. I'm not sure how many months that is, and I don't even want to count. But this is who we're talking about. This young lady used to be a member of the USAF, a sister from another mister. She was in the DIA. She was a contractor. She's a yogi. And she done met up with some beings that we thin to hear about, okay? And she's my UFO Twitter crush, baby, so make no mistake about who that is. We talking about the number one, baby. Anjali Angaya, put those hands together. You too, Flair, put them hands together. Where you at? Yeah. Anjali, what's up, homegirl? I think we should all just applaud you for an incredible introduction. How am I supposed to follow that? Oh, my God. You just have to be. You just being is it, man. I, I'm. You know what? I'll tell you what, she's here. I'm going to get. I am very happy to be here today. I'm All right. You know what? I don't put put cologne on for every guest, but I feel like you might even be able to smell me. That's like how powerful you are. Mm -hmm. Uh, Smells like. It's CK1. So just so you know. All right. CK1. One. 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 You know what's up. Uh, We're all one. Yes, I I do. There we go, girlfriend. Anyway, it's an absolute honor. Um. Uh, to have you uh i heard your story quite a while ago uh i think it was somewhere around july or august somebody let me know about it it really resonated with me i felt like i really connected with you like i said hopefully the beings themselves haven't given me like a three on my epr if you remember the epr system i don't know where they're rating me but you know between one and five i hope to be at least a four that's that's what i'm shooting for um so thank you and let me turn it over to the host of this joint who agreed to have this uh, Miss uh, at study of UAPs, the Dojita herself, Deb. <laughs> well, thank you very much. I think what I would like to do is start with a, um, a summary, perhaps, of your experience, which I know is we have had more experiences since then, which we'll get to. But maybe just give people a little bit of a background, because what I like to do in the dojo is provide some education. And I think there might be some people who don't know the story. So if you could just summarize it briefly, and then we'll get into some questions. Absolutely. Um, I'm not sure exactly where the experience begins, um, but I can tell you my first memory of of the other, the higher beings that I've had contact with. And that started, um, that was in 1976. Um, and I often remind people of that when they say, oh, you know, it was probably just all in your mind when you, when you thought you were in a tunnel in, in 2018. Um, and I say, well, while that sounds lovely, um, this started as a physical experience with a craft in 1976. And essentially I have, 
I know two living witnesses. One is my mother and one is someone who was living in the house with us, um, who was 13 years my senior. I was four. And um, it was it was in the evening to, oh, you know, it's hard to know. I was four. I can just tell you that when I when I first um, I realized where I had just been and I was back, um, it was it was dark out, but it wasn't um, like pitch black in the middle of the night dark. OK, uh, but what I had remembered for most of my life was running down the hall in the house, jumping on the back of the couch looking out the window over um, and through the carport and seeing my mother and Diana and the other people who were living in the home um, and our neighbors. They were all standing in our driveway and in the street and in the yards, looking up at a craft that was rotating above our house. And essentially it was a disc shaped craft. Um, there were, lights along the, the bottom edge of it that you couldn't really tell if it was on the, on the bottom, you know, rotating along the sides or if they were actually mounted beneath the craft, but they were multicolored and they changed as they rotated around the craft. Um, and I have no idea how long it was there. What I, and my mother has remembered this for years and her friend who is also living in the home has remembered this for all of our lives. This has been a conversation that we've had and I never, I didn't put it together with my experience um, in the desert because I was so focused on that experience in the desert and I really had to work my, my way back to it. It was actually my mother who reminded me, it wasn't that I had forgotten, it's just I hadn't connected the two. And she said, well, Angie, you remember in 1976 when we had that craft above our house? I thought, oh, my gosh, yes. How could I have forgotten that? Um, and so I was I was doing a meditation recently. Um, it was last year in, in 2021. And I have a particular meditative process that I do um, that involves putting anything that's distracting me into a box and turning my back on it so that I can put it someplace else and try to focus my mind back on what I'm doing. So if I'm so that would be me, she would put me in a box and be like, DJ, <laughs> leave me alone. I'm trying to meditate. Got it. Yes. DJ is the first thing I have to put in the box okay. all the time. It's just so that everybody's clear. <laughs> okay. And then we, um, so this particular day, I thought I would do something different. It, it was just, um, I really, I just wanted to try something new. And I thought, well, I'm going to put myself in the box and see what happens. And so I put myself in the box and I, I waited until all I could see was bright, bright, bright white light. And when I got to that point where I felt I was centered and everything had been alleviated from my mind, um, I opened the box and stepped out of it. And when I opened the box and turned back to look into it, there was earth. And I was seeing it from a perspective of somewhere in space. I could see the, our, the, the curvature, um, the geology. There was no mistaking what I was seeing. I knew it immediately. So I closed it 
and it became dark and I turned around. And as soon as I turned around, there they were. They were standing there waiting for me. And with that came the entire flood of being on the craft in 1976. And so what that was, was um, I, <clears throat> what I remember the most about the craft now is that there were a lot of children that were on the craft and they didn't look human, but they were humanoid and none of them had hair. Their eyes were a little larger. They were very thin um, and hairless and they were, their fingers were a little longer and they were, they were picking and like pinching at my clothes and pulling at it and tickling me. And I was just, hee -hee -hee. And I was, I was a four-year-old and I was like, wow, you know, I was really, I had all these little playmates. And even though I have the memory of them being different, I didn't really feel like they were different. I just felt like they were different, you know, like they looked differently, but they weren't any different than me. Um, and they told me that there were adult, there were four adult beings um, in the room and three or four. And I, I honestly, I can't remember right now. Um, and I don't, I don't think it really matters, but the, this, the size of, of the children were from um, a little, you know, about my size to um, a little smaller and a little taller. And um, so I'd say they were all probably, I was tall for my age. So they were probably all about my age um, and, and a little, uh, you know, older, maybe up to six or seven years old, <clears throat> you know, if I had to take a stab at it. And so the, the beings communicated to me that these were my brothers and sisters and um, that, that they had been basically um, taking my mother's eggs for quite some time and trying to genetically modify and able to be able to hold a consciousness. So um, they would reimplant um, the the egg in whatever they did, um, and if it seemed like it was viable at whatever stage it was, then. Um, they would have reimplanted into my mother. And that was me. I was the only one. Um, because somehow, and this is science beyond what we can do right now, somehow they knew that um, those eggs weren't re-implantable, re that it wasn't going to be viable, that they wouldn't pass for human. And so it, what we weren't looking at a situation where they're taking babies out of humans, not in this situation. What we were seeing was taking eggs and if they're, if they can pass for human and they've been modified to hold our consciousness, then um, because it requires a different kind of energy and this is just a biotechnology. And they were, you know, I, I talk about that a lot. I, I like to talk about biotechnology um, because it's science and it's, and it reminds us that um, we're, we're really no different than an, another type of, um, life form that is, that also has to have particular, um, structure and technology within it to be able to function, to be able to do certain things, to be able to react and have processes that happen internally. And, 
anyway, I'm, I'm sorry, I digress, but um, yeah, I, I, I will say, yes, I understand the brain is like our computer. We have electrical systems. I understood it very well, but I had a question I wanted to ask about those children. Did you feel like they were emo emotional? Like that's a concern people have about the emotionality for these kids. And I, I have a lot of concern about the idea of children that have human traits that may not get to express those. So I was just wondering. Oh, um, they were experimenting with the way that my clothes felt, the way that my skin felt, my hair. Um, they were curious and playful. And yes, they definitely expressed emotion. Um, it was, it was really, it was, it's quite, it was one of the, the greatest revelations that I've ever experienced in a meditation. Um, I've had a few like really revelatory moments and, um, that was one of them. And, um, since then I've had more time with the beings as well as being regressed with Barbara Lamb. Um, and what a lot of people misunderstood, and that's my fault because I didn't communicate it very well, um, is that there was, uh, there was a lot of backstory that, I had shared with Barbara and my goal was not to articulate out loud to everyone what I was experiencing. The goal of this very long session that we had was for me to be able to go back to specific moments and interact with the beings to remember what had happened and to have interaction with them in that time and space. And so there were a lot of quiet moments and you hear um, in, in the, in the recording, just a lot of, Oh, Oh, you know, it, it, it's a little embarrassing, you know, because, because nobody knows what's going on <laughs> and um, I'm just reliving, I'm reliving a lot. And so I got to go back and relive um, those, those moments in, in the, in the craft when I was a child. Um, and, and then there were mo other moments when I was a child that I have linked to it now, um, missing time when I was 11 and seeing, um, early, very early in the morning, seeing what I thought at first was an owl sitting on a limb outside of our tree, um, at, or outside the window where I was eating breakfast, there's a tree and, um, there was an owl sitting there that, that like, um, transmorphed, I guess is the only way I know how to say it. And, um, in doing that, um, I, I saw the face of a being, a, a typical, what I've come to know as a, a, um, a droid. Okay. Um, which is just another vessel to hold a consciousness. We need to be careful to think about thinking that because it's a droid, then there isn't a consciousness in there. But the truth is they can move consciousnesses into various vessels as long as it can energetically support the consciousness. Um, the, what's needed for the support of that body, that biotechnology or other kind of technology that we're put in, that's a separate issue. So we have two issues. The first is you have to create a vessel for a particular consciousness to be, um, to be compatible with the, the energy of that vessel. So essentially, so it doesn't short circuit 
Okay. I don't, I'm not a scientist and I'm going to remind people of that all the time with the ridiculous things that I say. I'll say but, for right here, by the way, Anjali is not a scientist, that's nor right. any of the four, the other three of us, but that's right. Please. I'm so, not a scientist either. I, I'm just throwing it out there. I actually do have something though, beyond asking you if you noticed the roses on my shirt and who that might be for that's on this broadcast. Oh, thanks man. Uh, thanks. No flair. It's for Anjali, oh, not bro, you. These roses. Next time, I will wear a flowered shirt for you. This one is oh, for Anjali. I brought you a stuffed animal, bro. I, it, oh. Thank you very much. I thought maybe you were a Whovian, a Dr. Whovian, and that you were you were trying to make a callback to Rose. So. No, this these are, these are for you. But uh, beyond you. that, I, I want to talk about ah! <laughs> I love I love Flair. I love this guy. Okay, so Anjali, uh, regarding yes. the topic that you're on right now. Mm-hmm. I have felt that there isn't a technology that can create a consciousness that for that is why they require us essentially, or what they got from your mother or from another uh, person like uh, Mr. Uh, what's that gentleman's name that, that uh, Streber like, oh, really? so yes. So, do you believe that technologically you can create a consciousness? I don't think you can, but I'm curious. That's just my speculation. What's your opinion? Um, I don't really have an opinion on that because I, I don't know. I don't understand the mechanisms by which any of this is taking place. Um, uh, I do. I have from my understanding of my communications with them, they like this particular vessel that you're seeing um, was the result of my mother and someone else's genetics. Okay. But they take that egg, they take it out, Uh like make changes to it. Uh Okay. And that's um, there. They actually are putting some of their DNA into that um that egg okay that's my understanding that they're actually changing that so that um they can there's something about their level their genetics that um is there's something about their genetics that's that's that makes their energy different than ours like the expression of that energy Okay. It's not the inner, the, the source of that energy is different. It's the age of it. The, how powerful is it? What is it capable of? What kind of, um, of vessel is capable of holding it? It's like, it's like the difference between making something that can hold the flame of a candle and making something that can hold the sun. But I'm saying that in your, in your opinion, without that egg, could they do, in your opinion, do you think they could create it without the egg that they then took and manipulated. I don't think so, but I don't know. Well, none of us, none of us know. We're just guessing. What they have said. Oh, I'm so sorry. Go ahead. No, I I was just going to say that this kind of lines up with something that I've been playing with lately. And I don't know if playing with it as much as his, had I have been shown it, so to speak, or this is something that kind of keeps clicking into place for me. Um, so my idea is that there is 
some form of energy okay and we can call that god the source whatever we want uh it's somehow shedding consciousness through the universe uh and from my understanding from a lot of different conversations i've had it seems to be with orbs somehow energy right that energy is almost like software that gets put into the computer that is our body uh there's different names for it you know the soul chi consciousness i think they're pretty much all the same um yes. and and the spirit Yes, I and I believe that is what is going on, and I will show you a painting later that I did of that. Can you can you say that again, but truncate it to what you're? Um, okay, so the term "God" in my mind is applicable to a larger ball of energy, essentially. That is mm -hmm. where consciousness comes from, um, and that creates it. And spreads it throughout the universe. But it, it, the, I'm, I think what I'm trying to get at is, can that be created in a computerized? Can can a, can a computer create that or a machine, if you like? I I think that? I think no. I think the body, yes. Um, even so, how do I put this? So, if we were to make a biological creature then consciousness would maybe choose to join that creature. It's almost parasitic. I hate to say it, but it is parasitic. So the <laughs> consciousness itself is, is parasitic and is branching off into all these different possibilities. I was thinking yes, that too. We're just exactly. one possibility. Right. One and I, big source. Yes, absolutely. It, and I, and I think part of that is why people think there's a simulation because technically our bodies are like avatars. And as someone who plays video games, that makes a lot of sense to me. You know, your consciousness is kind of like controlling the avatar, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is, every, is everybody on the panel like into simulation theory? Because I don't, uh, that theory doesn't resonate with me. That doesn't mean I... I don't think it's possible, but it doesn't resonate with me. Does it resonate with everybody else? I appreciate it. I appreciate <laughs> oh, a lot of things. Well, thanks, Flair. That's great. <laughs> I appreciate you. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what do you say, Anjali? <laughs> Simulation well, theory. I think I would want to, there's a couple of things that I want to say about that. And one is that like the, the thing that I have learned that the beings are trying to, communicate to us. And when I tell you this, I'm not saying that I can verify what they're saying. I can only tell you that this is what they have said. And, um, and yes, I do have a natural trust for them. Um, I, I can't explain it. It, you know, according to them, we've had a very long relationship and that just might be it. Um, but so they have, they have talked about the different densities of consciousness, which is not the same thing as, dimensions you can be like i am i am i um a, a third density consciousness in a third density or a, a third dimensional world you it could either easily be i am a third density consciousness or let's say fourth density consciousness in a third density fourth density fifth density world 
or excuse me, dimensional, fourth, third dimensional, fourth dimensional, fifth dimensional world. So we could actually end up, um, how do I say this? Um, having touch points with other, other forms of life or other avatars, other biotechnology um, that is holding consciousness that come through, they're in physical form right now, and they come here from a different dimension. And the, the beings have said that as we keep experiencing earth changes, we will see more and more of that happening, and that will give us more contact with them, and we can come back to that later. But real quick, I don't want to dominate this, but it's it's hard to explain, and I want to just try to do it as quickly as I can here, but um, that there are these different levels of consciousness, and as we go through them, and they call them densities, then um, we begin to coalesce and to become um, not dependent on a physical form, but um, can exist in a different form um, as a, a strictly light being, and that we choose the um, the people, the consciousnesses that we coalesce with as we move up. And that the goal is for consciousness to coalesce into um, positively oriented, uh, positively or negatively oriented. Um, and for that, that um, as, you move through the light density and you become um, higher in those densities, then um, I'm sorry, I'm getting distracted because I have all these, I'm so sorry, all my devices, I forgot to, to silence things. So everything's coming through all right now. All it's my, all, it's all good. Girlfriend got more density than an overcooked pow cake. Okay. Get it. Let me, so, let me try. Let me try it a different way because the density term is very difficult for people. And actually, I would love for you to, to replace I, that with a more accessible term for people. Um, sure, but I was just, sorry, I was just going to say, is it a little bit like um, a yo-yo going back and forth, the, the consciousness going back and forth, back to the source and then back into the um, different bodies, essentially? Well, that's only if you're trying to incarnate into a physical body. Um, the ultimate goal is to spread consciousness and to spread it out so that light goes out into dark. Okay. And um, so they want, they want the light consciousness to come. The light is the density of the light, how much light and knowledge and wisdom is in a consciousness determines its density. Okay, so how much light have it's like a little light that's actually inside. They, um, and and as we move up through densities that those the light coalesces and we we learn um, more about how creation works, how people work, how how um, the world works, um, because the idea is that we all coalesce back together, not all of us, but that there, whoever's going to coalesce, that you coalesce and you become the next creator. Okay. And what the creator does is decides to, um, to split its consciousness with, and to go out and, and, and spread it that way. And it wants, like the creator wants to forget itself 
so that it can experience again and learn what about itself it wants to keep and what it wants to get rid of in its own self so that each time the creation just improves. Okay. And it just, and in this way, this spreading and recoalescing um, life grows and consciousness grows throughout everything, just endlessly on and on and on. It's something Um, like Grant Cameron said something like that. He said something like God is basically entertaining itself with our experiences. Absolutely. And in fact, we are, you know, in the sense, um, we, when, when, when we're in a form where we are not recognizing that we are the, uh, that our consciousness is part of uh, source consciousness, we are in like the throes of figuring out what about this part of our consciousness that has been split off is worthy of being rejoined back with the source of of light, which is essentially what um, consciousness is, okay? Uh, And some of these older beings that have been around longer can travel on light. Um, They can just be pure light. Um, And a lot of the physical forms that they, they tend to take on for us when they're older like that and they have a brighter light coalescence are not forms in the the sense that we understand them, but are more like an expression of themselves for our sensory eyes to be able to detect them. So Um, in terms of density, I'd be like at a 27, do you think? (laughs) You're so bright. I should be wearing my shades like you are. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry. Go ahead, Debs. Follow up on that. (laughs) That was so sweet. (laughs) Okay. um, I think, you know, one thing that I would love to break down for you is just making this content so much more accessible to the public, because I know a lot of people understand density and consciousness, but there's so many other people who don't. And I think they get lost in those words, but everyone understands light and everyone understands spirit, you know, things like that. So I think that's one day, one day, maybe like I, I, I tweeted to you one time about another term and I was like, I think that's scaring people because they don't understand. So, but that's mm-hmm. another conversation. Now, what I'd like to do is transition a little bit further into the next experience. Um, the one that you presented in DC to, to everybody about. Um, and that is because there are some questions um, that DJ has been saving about that. And we have so many other questions to get to. And I've got to be mindful of your time. So let's let's go to the next you know, major experience. We got a lot of mo, girlfriend. We got a lot of questions for you. And I hope you like the pound cake analogy because I feel like you're a really, you're so dense that anyway. So let's get to that. Many times. I'm hoping that, <laughs> I'm hoping that the coffee shop's pound cake was not quite so dense and was a little bit airy. I hope so. And I hope you had some pound cake at the coffee I shop. But I didn't, unfortunately. I didn't eat anything. That's um, you're too. Uh, you got. You know. You. you I, I want to make sure you're eating enough. But anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so my my hypothesis. Um, but I'll ask you the question and see if if it's if it uh, supports my hypothesis or uh, or actually takes away from it. But sure. other than somebody that you encounter at a coffee shop. That and given that you know some uh, the old saying goes is that strangers are friends we haven't met yet I don't know that that's a hundred percent obviously 
But, yes. but given that a bunch of a uh, couple of strangers, uh, what ended up being a foursome of strangers, meet you in a coffee shop and invite you to your house, other than them telling you that you could encounter and meet aliens at their house, what mm-hmm. else could they have said to you that would have had you say, yes, I'm going to take a photo of your license, fo- forward it to my daughter, and then trek a couple hours out to the crib with you? What else could have they have said to you other than aliens? Um, well, the that that part of the story that that they were two hours away. Um, that was what I call, you know, it, it's harmless, but um, that was simply to try to prevent people from identifying him. He at his home is actually less than I think two minutes from the coffee shop that we were at. Oh, okay. Two minutes. You're still, what would draw you to go to a stranger's house other than, I mean, if they're going to say, Hey, we're going to go smoke five joints. I'm, I'm guessing you're saying I'm not going. Or we're going to have a six pack of beer. So, what right. else other than aliens would have drawn you to their crib? Well, uh, where we started the conversation. Um, number one, I you know I was I had already started having conscious contact with with um, the lavender being is all mm-hmm. I knew at the time, um, and so uh, I was in a different place. Okay, my my world was really rocked. I, I, I really wasn't sure what was happening or why it was happening. And I was trying to make sense of it. And I didn't even know who I could safely tell about it. You know, mm-hmm. I was concerned um, what someone might think about it because it sounded nuts. Um, and, but there were some things that he said that seemed to ring um, familiar and had like the ring of truth to them and um, sounded like some of the things that the beings had been saying to me. And so it, that had already occurred where he he was talking about my health and energy body burden um, and some other things that, um, that we were just understanding eye to eye um, about our, um, both of our bodies and, um, and they were extremely friendly and, you know, extremely approachable. Um, and so when we had been talking to them for quite a while, um, when he, he asked if, if I, you know, what I thought of aliens and, um, because of what I had been experiencing and, and because of what I remembered of my childhood and everything else, I was just very interested. And, um, and we, my daughter and I had, had seen what we thought were craft in the desert on a few different occasions. Um, and we would often go to a couple of different places to try, um, to, to see if we could, you know, see another one. Um, and, uh, so we were already very interested at that point. And so when he, uh, when he stated that he had, that there had been a lot of sightings above his, his mountain, um, and he stated that, um, that he had become very curious about it and uh, had gone up, was on top of the mountain one evening wa- watching um, the sky and watching for a craft. And, and he's, he says that he met um, beings up there. And that's what he told me. He said that he met aliens on top of the mountain and that they told him that they had a base inside the mountain. And the next thing he knew, he was digging a tunnel to get in. Um, and then here he was, 
you know, telling me about it, did I want to go see? I mean, um, well, yeah. my point is that any one of us would have gone. Absolutely. But, but but had they said you want to come and party at our at my house, yeah. me being in my mid fifties, I probably would say no. Thank yeah. you for the invitation. So yeah. my question to you was, what else could they have said to you that would have drawn you there other than aliens? Oh, yes. I understand what you're. I'm so sorry. Yes. I missed yes. your question. Um, yeah, there's just nothing they could have said. Right. Um, other than to say, hey, you know, we used to work in Intel also. And, hey, we did this and we did that. And then suddenly we have commonality and, commonality and we would have been exchanging numbers and making plans. It wouldn't have been a um, probably a let's hop over to their house right now kind of situation. Um, that, I don't think there's anything else that anyone could have said. That, right. me that was my point. Yes. That, that's why I believe you and not him. Because well, well, I think he should be careful, DJ. Um, I, I, I don't disbelieve him. Um, and what I mean is that I, I think that there is a very good likelihood that they don't, they either don't remember that any of that, um, or they, this is crazy. And people have been, they have been suggesting this to me and I know I've been so scared to say it out loud or talk about it with anyone because I know I'm just, I'm just going to get killed over this out there, but they may not be the same Wayne and Trisha that I met at the coffee shop. Um, I may not be in the same, the same place that I was then, or they may not be um, something could have happened so that other points something that could make it all true, make what he's saying that they don't remember, that they don't remember any of that happening and that they haven't found a tunnel, that could all be true. Um, I don't think that they're necessarily lying about I, any either one of those things. I didn't that's, find them to be liars. That's, that's fair. But on another podcast, they were saying they never mentioned to you anything about aliens and like they were oh, offering you to come home and party. And I no. said, I don't believe that. That's I don't believe that. No, um, I, I, you know. that wasn't that wasn't it. And, and in fact, um, but that may be what he recalls. OK, um, and, and that I think that that's important. But uh, it was definitely already arranged um, before I had the cannabis oil. So I don't know of anything that can go back and like change your memories of what happened before you had something in your system. Um, and because we had, we all, um, we all took that at the same time. And it was, there were four other adults. We had already planned to go to his house when they walked in and he told them what they were going to do. I'm going to take her to see, to see the aliens in the tunnel. He's like, Oh, cool, man. Cool. He's like, you want to come along? Yeah. Sounds great. Let's do it. And he was like, yeah, and, and I don't remember exactly, you know, what was said, but it was something about, yeah, I was going to give her some of the cannabis oil or whatever it was. And um, and he he told me how to do it. And, and we did. So and I only say that because um, we I want to make sure that everybody understands at which point I had the oil in my system. And I also had not taken any of my medications that day. Um, they were medications that I took at night. The only thing I took during the day was for my heartburn. Um, and that was it. Everything else was, you know, in the evening. 
Um, I, I'm and- just going to chime in that I know someone, this is again why I had to be anonymous. I know someone is a heavy pot user and they mm-hmm. heard about your story and they're like, oh no, there's no way you hallucinate with pot. Like, he's like, what are they talking about? That's, I guess the people making those claims may not be as familiar, but he's pretty familiar and he's like, no, that doesn't cause hallucinations like that. That's so. right. I, I, I don't can actually... testify to that right now. It, 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 <laughs> this is a subject matter expert right here. <laughs> oh, yeah. California. <laughs> well, oh, I, I will, I will oh. say, though, that I have extremely vivid meditation sessions. Some people have told me it could be actually trances. So I think maybe mm-hmm. we can get relaxed to a point where we get to that other place. Um, and I will say that Grant Cameron implied that other place may be more real than this one. So when I say that other place, I mean the place where all of these things can be. But I understand that you had, um, from your memory, a physical experience. So I want to jump ahead a little bit, if that's sure. okay. Because yeah. DJ has questions about the physical experience. But I will set it up with a question I have. It's a little small question about the physical aspect was it cold in the cave? Because I've heard a lot about these beings like being in cold. It was cool. Um, it was also in January, but it was the desert. Um, I remember that I was wearing uh, jeans and, and boots that day. Um, I don't remember what top I had on, but I was comfortable. I was. I could tell it was cooler uh, in, in the tunnel. So um, cold. I wouldn't say that. We had also we had also been walking, and which wasn't something I did a lot of. Okay, I was feeling better at this point of time, and and I have these periods where I will feel better for a few days, sometimes for a couple, two or even three weeks, um, and then it you know it all goes tumbling down. But luckily, I was in one of those periods, or else I wouldn't have met them. I would have never been sitting in that coffee shop that morning. I wouldn't have have um, had these two people uh, sit down beside me and and have you know take me to their home and um, transform my entire life. Um, I'm yeah, I'm forever grateful. I will I will I will say I was curious about the cold because I have a theory that these beings this is just going to throw it out there these beings may have had to leave their planet they are using lenses to protect their eyes because they're from a darker colder place Um, so I just wanted to throw that out there not something we need to comment on further because DJ has another question related to the physical thing I want to make sure he gets to ask that yes ma'am um so I've been fascinated from uh, the beginning hearing your story that I've listened to over and over, especially like the Roderick Martin interview. I love that. Um, when you were in there and you uh, eventually encountered the lavender being uh, the eight, eight foot tall mantis type being that was very kind with you. Do you remember feeling touch? Do you remember touching any of them with your hand or any of them touching you with, it, with their appendage? To feel, and I'm I'm looking for a feel here. Uh, what what they feel like or <clears throat> I do not remember me touching them. I remember a a feeling of touch, 
Um, and I also, I have, when I was asking them, when we were talking about um, the, the expedition and what the end goal was, you know, and I said, I asked them, are, are you going to be, I mean, what are we doing here? Are we talking about um, you walking out of this tunnel with me? Is that what we're talking about here? You know, or something else. And um, what they, what they gave me was us standing next to each other and I'm holding their hand and we're standing at the edge of the tunnel um, right out of the sun. And I can feel their hand in my hand and it's cool. Um, it's not dry, but it's not moist. Um, it's soft, um, gentle, um, wafy, mm -hmm. um, very gentle. I mean, the touch is there and, and the sensation is there. Um, but it's just, it's there, there's some, I guess it's their, their spirit that's coming through, through this touch and through palms touching. Mm -hmm. and, you know, if we talk about chakras, which I'm not an expert on it, 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 any, in any measure of the word, but I know enough to understand, you know, that these are major chakra points and, or minor chakra points and, um, that we can transfer and accept energy. Um, and, um, so it would kind of make sense that I would have such an emotional and um, because I started crying, <laughs> you know, when I had the experience, I cried um, because it was so beautiful. And uh, I, I just didn't want to ever forget how it felt. Um, yeah, I'm just it because I thought if I had gotten to make and by the way, we got to pass this to Kevin because he hasn't gotten to ask you one question yet. But I uh, I had thought that if I ever got to travel to the cave with you, that I was going to do the bro handshake or ask them to do that. And I was, that's what I would have done. But I guess you didn't think to reach out and, and touch their, their hand when you were there. So. No, in fact, when we were, uh, when I was with the, the first gray that spoke to me immediately um, and the, the tall whites that were, mm -hmm. you know, escorting me, I had the sense that I wasn't to touch anyone. Ooh. Like I felt like I felt the tall, the tall whites. Um, they, they just, there was a sense of um, just a, de a detachment, maybe aloof would be a better way of putting it. Um, just more aloof and there to do a job. I mean, they were just, they were more, um, they weren't interacting with me. They didn't speak to me. Um, they, they didn't, you know, do any uh, conscious communication when I say speak, you know, none of them moved their mouths when they spoke. Um, it all came through, um, through conscious communication right into my head, you know, with an image and um, like, like a, like a download, everybody was calling it download. And, um, and I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, yes, that's what I've been calling it. I've been saying it was like getting a download. You know, I couldn't believe that there are people out there who talk about it in that same way because that's exactly what it felt like um and uh it was the first time that it, that i um had been in their physical presence and that i knew at that point 
and was experiencing that kind of communication at the same time. Um, but there, there definitely was a sense that, you know, don't, that, that they were there um, because I was there. Like they were security is kind of how it felt because I was there and because Brian was there and, you know, the others. And, um, and so, you know, they weren't there to make friends in that moment. Yeah. I just wanted to comment that one thing that has crossed the mind of myself and other people is it could actually be risky for them to touch us, you know, because of, you know, germs, things like that, things we can't even think of could actually be rather dangerous for them. Um, so hopefully they have wanted... hand gel in the cave. Maybe they <laughs> yeah. <A> sanitizer. <laughs> yeah. Oh know. goodness. Okay. So Kevin has come in today um, because he wanted to talk about his own experiences. And of course he probably has questions too. And he's been really patient <laughs> and I want to get him a chance to do that before we go into a whole litany of other questions that we need to get to. <laughs> Okay. Well, I'll just jump into my experience then. I wanted your take on it, actually. I want, I mean, who better to ask, right? I figured. No. <laughs> She's an OG, yeah. man. She's an original I mean, gangster. Right. Experience. You've been at this much longer than me. I really want to know where to go from here. So, um, um, so I have this in bullet points because that's how I'm trained to, to write things. Uh, you know, <laughs> I write it in functional analysis. So it's pretty boring, actually. I don't have any kind of interpretation. It's just basically what happened. So, all right, so I'm starting this at uh, this 10.22 p.m., all right? So I'm in the living room um, every night, I, I laying, sitting on the couch. Um, I'm watching Uncharted X on YouTube, you know, like I usually do, UFO stuff or ancient stuff. So my wife sets, says goodnight and lets the dog out for um, the dog's routine. This is every night. About 10.25, the dog comes in. So we lock and bar the back sliding door every night. Real mm -hmm. thick bar. So keep, this is important later. Yeah. Locked and barred. Okay. So 11 o'clock on my bedtime. So I stand up, turn off PlayStation, the speaker, just like every night. And then nothing. It's just totally blank. So I wake up at three in the morning in a sitting position on the couch. I'm like, what just happened? I kind of shrug it off and kind of laugh. You know, I'm tired. It's three in the morning. And, you know, so I, I go to bed. Um, so 6.30 in the morning, um, wake up, oh, do the routine. So my wife finds the uh, sliding door unlocked and unbarred um, somehow. All right. And the PlayStation and speakers are powered off. So it was just weird because, you know, none of I didn't I didn't go out before going to bed. I just went straight to bed. So um, so we have a security camera. Mm -hmm. um, we checked the security camera. Um, the footage between 11 p.m. and 3 a.m., the cloud will not let us access. And to this day, we still can't access anything. Also, um, sciatic nerve flare-up on my left side um, the following morning. I can't walk. I, I get a lot of these flare-ups. Um, but okay. um, that particular morning, yeah, really hard to walk. Um, also, I have, um, since childhood, I have a um, scoop mark scar on my left side of my hip also that i can't identify i have a picture of it i didn't i don't have it right now but i could show you it later mm -hmm. um yeah I, I just i want to know what happened you know mm -hmm. it's a time loss experience basically mm -hmm. um, well, i don't know where to go from here yeah i i 
neither I just I don't I can't tell you what happened to you during a time lapse right time, missing time experience um but it sounds like you you may have had some kind of uh touch point with the phenomena I I don't know who it would have been um but you know that there are often health effects that um that people who have a lot of contact with the phenomena suffer from. Um, mm -hmm. And a lot of them are like chronically ill and lifelong problems that come and go and sometimes multiple problems. Um, I, this body is just an absolute mess for me. And I don't know, you know, what, what your health status is, but, you know, we talk about flare ups and that's kind of something I can, I can relate yeah. to. Um, I have a herniated lower lumbar. So, okay. yeah. Um, how often have you had any other missing times? Uh, um, nothing documented. I mean, I've had some car rides where I seem to get places faster than I should have, but mm -hmm. you know, again, it's not documented, so I don't want to. I don't want to claim anything. Um, I have a sleep paralysis um, okay. regularly since childhood, so um, okay. which I haven't really explored. But mm -hmm. also, when I call you, Kev, I think you consider that missing time, right? <laughs> I mean. I think it's fair uh, characterization. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, we're from the future anyway, you know, Florida. <laughs> right? Wherever you're from, Texas. Florida. It, what I would suggest, Kevin, um, my my advice to you would be if you don't do you have a meditative practice? I, I do. I I I meditate, but I'm still figuring it out. I've gotten to the empty place a few times, you know, but um, I don't know if, if I'm going in the wrong direction. Are you supposed to not empty your mind? You know, I do the Zazen meditation practice. You don't have to empty your mind, Kevin. Make a place. Make a place. Okay. It works way better. <laughs> you know, people, you have to find what works for you. You know, yeah. but, um, it, when you find that meditative practice, you'll you'll realize it because of the way that it changes all of your perception around you. Like it be, just becomes... Um, a little deeper and you may um, be able to go in with the intention of going back to that place and, um, and seeing what happened. Um, and, you know, it, some people consider that remote viewing. Um, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's essentially just your consciousness accessing, accessing um, wherever, you know, all of the information is and you can, um, can actually like relive that moment um, if you want, you know, um, but it takes work. It's not something that you get just because you want it. Like mm -hmm. uh, when you start making contact with, with the, the beings, there are, you know, there's some precautions that you want to take. You really want to, um, you want to make sure that your intentions are good, that, you know, you're doing this for, for a healthy reason, you know, to grow spiritually and, to, you know, gain wisdom and knowledge and um, to understand the, the nature of consciousness and your place with it, within it and your connection to, to everything else. And when you start like really living every day with that in mind that, you know, when you look at, if you have a pet, when you look at into that pet's eyes, um, you, you look to see the eyes of, a creator that has forgotten themselves. And if you can look into them and get to that place and say, oh, there you are, 
you know, um, it's, it's a really, it's a tender, tender place that you can get to. And that's where I experience the beings is when I am, um, when I'm in that frame of mind, it's kind of a meditative lifestyle where you just are constantly reminding yourself to be present, um, and to, um, to embrace the intentions that you've set and, and to explore them. And, and that really helps to, uh, to prevent other beings that may have, um, be less positively oriented and may have an alternate agenda. Um, I don't want to say that they're, you know, bad or they're evil, uh, because they're, they're on the same, the, the same circle of, um, consciousness and light coalescence. And, you know, it's like if you have, um, if you take a color wheel, but it's only white and black. And so, um, and so the colors, you know, have to change into one another. So imagine that. And then there's um, a line that goes through, okay, from you, wherever you are on that spectrum, it cuts through. And so for each, for each person, there is a, there is a pole, like a polarity along it that we, that we travel along. And there's, there's another point of consciousness doing the same thing, but we're moving along the spectrum. Everyone is all the time. And so when you set the intention of moving into along that spectrum into light, um, even so that you can send, um, if a, if a negative being or, um, yeah, a negative, a negatively oriented being were to, uh, reach out and try to make contact with you, you know, you can say, Oh, I'd really love, um, to be able to talk with you, but it can't happen right now. I'm sorry. I, you know, I send you so much love and I wish, you know, for you to only experience compassion and kindness on your journey. Um, and then you cut, you know, you just sever it however you need to do, um, you open your eyes and, you know, whatever it is that you need to do. And so um, it's a process and it doesn't just happen right away. It's, it can take months of, of working that and um, setting your, your heart and your mind. Right. I want to say one thing too, Kev, I just sent on the cab chat and I'll, I would send it to Anjali, but she probably already has it, but I sent you the eight limbs of yoga. And if you look at limb five, six, and seven, You'll notice that asana is only limb number three of the eight limbs, which is interesting because that's the one that gets 99.9% of the work in the, quote, yoga community. But five, six, and seven, nowhere does it tell you to empty your mind of all things, as Deb alluded to. All right. Yeah. I, I will tell you that um, my meditation got very strange well before I got into um, – researching ufos <laughs> and some very interesting things just kind of open up on their own but i'd been yes. doing it for years and years and years and I, it never occurred to me to try to do more with it dj knows i spent a lot of time inside what i called a cave which was not a cave um and then things just got really weird on their own um <laughs> <laughs> and that was before she met me, just in right. case, Anjali, you're thinking there's a connection. By the way, I sent you the eight limbs also, so it'll, it'll be right. on your uh, phone, Anjali. Thank you. And I, will, I will tell you that I may be a little bit spunkier than some other people when I try to have conversations with. Me too. I call them different names. I don't, I'm not always so nice and lovey-dovey. I'm like, we argue. <laughs> like it's, it's Oh, you like, mean with the, with the phenomenon? 
Yes, I, you know, because okay. I'm trying to help them. In my opinion, this is, of course, my belief, guys, not scientifically based or rational. Can you prove it, man? Let yeah, me see proof. I'm, I'm trying to help them. With, uh, I'm trying to help them with figuring out how to connect to us. So that's actually part of what I feel like is my mission. And mm -hmm. it's also, you know, why I'm so prone to push for truth and things like that. Mm. Um, I'm trying to help prepare humans also. But, but I feel like I, I don't just sit around and say, oh, yeah, you guys are doing this right or whatever. And it's so funny because the synchronicities always kick in the next day that answers my questions, too. So but but speaking of questions, Kevin, do you feel like you got what you needed? Because we have so many questions. <laughs> I did. Thank you so much. OK, thank great. You so much. OK, yeah. so since since I know you don't probably want to be here all night, um, feel free to answer these all as briefly as you can, because there are so many. Um, the first one was asking if you had experienced, and some of these are from other people, by the way, that were DMs, okay. um, if, if you had experienced other aspects of the phenomenon beyond, um, you know, meditations and um, let's say our visitors, but they're not, but whatever, d higher dimensional beings, as you like to call them. If you've experienced other things like astral projection or lights in the sky or poltergeists. Um, I have, I have seen uh, lights in the sky um, that didn't make sense to me. Um, you know, moved and behaved in ways that didn't make sense. Um, and I have, uh, definitely had disturbances within my home um, auditory where you can actually hear someone speaking. Um, the, the last home that I lived in that was, that was really active in that way was in California. And it was a home that I lived in with another contractor. You know, we, we were just splitting a house, um, at, which is a, what a lot of contractors do in California because the rent is so expensive. Um, and, um, and he was a very good friend of mine and this particular night, I can't remember what show we were watching. Uh, goodness. It might've, it doesn't even matter, but we, we were watching a show, e. <laughs> you know, it was, it was, I think it was maybe outlander or you know, something <laughs> like that. it's been years ago, you know, it's like in 16. Um, but right at the same time, right between us, a woman, I can't remember what she said now, but she spoke like, like several words together, like a, a whole phrase. And it had something to do with the show. And I can't remember, he may, but we both just looked at each other. And, and right before then, like just a few minutes before then, I thought I had heard a woman talking over by the table where I had all my art stuff set out. And that was just a few feet behind that. And I had asked him, did you hear that? And he said, no, I didn't hear anything. I was like, hmm, okay. And um, then it was only a, a couple of moments later that we heard it right between us. And so um, we've also had, um, you know, I've had, I've heard um, like what actually sounded literally like chains being drugged through our wall um, in this, in that same house, um, a woman talking several times. Uh, and um, I have seen beings uh, in that looked like they were straight up human um, apparitions um, in homes. 
Um, I've had objects move in my home in front of me. I've seen it happen. Um, mm, what else? So yes, yes, okay. lots. Okay. Yeah. And I, and I feel like a lot of people are coming to the conclusion that there's a connection and it probably is more so that we're the connection, not, you know, that we're the ones picking up more things. And, and there's theories that are, we actually turn on and off aspects of our DNA. Um, mm -hmm. And that's part of our evolution and all kinds of stuff that mm -hmm. enables us to be able to do that. And there's also the Gary Nolan view that we're, like have some enlargement in a part of our brain that increases our insight um, after an UAP experience. I don't know if you've heard about that yet, but so anywho, next question. <laughs> this one's from our friend. Yeah, I have so many to get through. I'm trying to go quick. <laughs> the next one is from our friend Benji. He says, yeah. what is, what have Benji. you learned about the current state of people's opinion on the phenomenon? Are we ready and knowing what you know now about the UFO community, I, he said community, but I assume he meant the UFO community. Would you still go back and change the way you came out as an experiencer or not? The only thing that I would change is if I could have, if I could go back, it would be how much information I gave about where the event took place and the background on the people who took it or who were involved. Um, so, you know, meaning Wayne and Tricia, I don't, I don't even feel comfortable saying their names. Even you know, though it's out there, right? It's out there. And yeah. I just, yeah. you know, she even said, you know, stop calling him Wayne. And I'm like, I understand, but you know, I, I just have a hard time with it. Um, uh, especially now that that they that they say, well, that's not what we remember, and we don't have a a tunnel on our property. You know, I I have to stop and 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 take pause about that. And trust me, I think about it a lot. Um, anyway, I'm so sorry. I'm totally getting off subject. Um, but that's all I would change. And um, the other part was this, are basically are people ready. Um, right. But, you know, I wouldn't change it because I have to believe that um, when they say this is a catalyst for consciousness, um, for conscious awareness, I, ha I believe that. Um, I believe that I've, I've taken, you know, some really hard hits. Um, but through that, people are making the choice of whether or not they want to be open to um, hearing what the beings are saying that, hey, you know, meditate, evolve your conscious awareness. You're all connected to each other. You're connected to us. We're all one consciousness. We're one from one source. You know, you chose, you chose to fracture and be here and you're trying to grow and to get rid of the things about yourself, um, about this expression of consciousness that isn't um, worthy of being back, you know, turn, um, going back to the source. Um and I know that sounds like a bunch of religious mumbo jumbo, but it also makes sense if you think about it from even a basic um, biological uh, evolution. It, as a, a biology evolves, it evolves to meet the needs of its environment and, um, and, and to grow and, and propagate. So, I don't see that that's any different than, than that. I don't see it so much as a, a, a religious statement 
as it is um, a consciousness statement. And that's why I get a little nervous about using the word spirit because it has a religious connotation. And, um, and I am a spiritual person. Um, I do know some, some, you know, Christian doctrine. I don't know very much about anything else. Um, uh, I do, I, you know, I, I've read, I, I know some things, but um, uh, I, I think that it's important to, to recognize that um, even when things don't turn out quite the way that we expected them, um, that that doesn't mean that it wasn't fruitful in its outcome in this anyway. Um, they told me from the beginning that there was a very good chance this was going to go sideways. I knew all along that it could go sideways and that it, it could end up um, that, that we're exactly where we are, where I'm estranged from, from Wayne and Tricia. Um, and, but they, they have also said that it's okay because this, it's still, it has met it. It met its requirement um, for people to, to hear uh, about the experience. And if you look back at what was said on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, oh, good Lord. I have a little bit of anxiety every time I think about it, to tell you the truth. Um, there was a lot of alphabet soup in there where they, they wanted, it was like they were, part of that discussion was to reach people in Washington, D.C., not to just reach, you know, people who were in ufology and um, in America, but to reach those who are policymakers and who know and those in intelligence who are experiencing. And there's a lot of us in the Defense Department who have had um, amazing, incredible experiences. And um, and we've even talked about it, you know, with one another. And it's just not everyone feels like they can handle what I've gone through. Um, and so I, I don't feel like the beings feel let down, you know, um, or that I do. I, I feel like everything is probably right as rain and it always is. It always is. I've got, I've got two comments and a question. Okay. One comment is I, I, I felt, you know, when, when you first came out with your story, when I became aware of it, because I think it came out long before that, but when I became aware of it, it was last summer and okay. I was telling, and I was telling Nathan and others as some, I'm not from the IC community, even though I was in the air force, but I did have an SCI at one point it's run out now as of like two years ago. And I said, there's no way she's using their real name. There is no Intel professional or anybody with a clearance that would use their real name. But what is human is to give as much detail as you can to bolster your story. Just like the fact that I just told you that I had an SCI is so that you <laughs> is, is to bolster me, my story. So in doing that, I think you inadvertently, you know, may have given more detail than you wanted to, but I was like, there's no way someone would give their real name. Secondly, and you didn't, right. You didn't. No, I did. Oh, but their real name isn't Wayne and Tricia. Oh, their real name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Would never. That's what I said. I said there's no way she would any professional would do that. The no, second, I um, no, I I knew that you wouldn't. Um, the second part, um, actually, I can't remember what my point was. I'll let these guys go on, and I'll I'll come back to it. one thing I was going to talk. We're about talking that. about being not being an intel agent. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. Was, there was something. Um, there was something after that, and then I had a question. But let me let one of these guys go with one of their questions, and they can come back to me. Well, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, that reminds me again to say that John Romero says hi. <laughs> hey! so, yeah, speaking of Intel agents, he I am very, very fond of him. He has such a great soul. And um, he was on the dojo recently, and we actually worked on experience or support. And I think that his voice, your voice, other people coming forward, not only shows people that people in the government who, who everyone's like afraid to deal with, um, they're actually a part of this, too, because we're all humans, essentially. So that's something that I try to remind people sometimes. But I, I remember I to- my I remember my thing real quick. I wanted to tell her. So the next one of the next people we're having on is this young lady who lived in the who worked in the Clinton White House named Kate Casey. She's from uh, SoCal. She's from Newport Beach. And she knows nothing about the phenomenon. So this is going to be a fun episode where we're going to get to answer questions from a layperson in our community because all four of us speak the same language. Right. Yeah. So. But Kate would have been brilliant for you as a public relations person to tell you what and when and who and where. And somebody like that would have been enormous because I find you to be extremely credible. Mm -hmm. And that's not because I have a crush on everybody. Okay, I can see beyond that. Okay. Okay. And I And I, I don't remember. I had a question. There was a question in there somewhere. It may have been, you know, what, you know, your hair care. Oh, uh, this is this is a dumb question I had. What does Anjali love to eat? What is your favorite food? Oh, um, my favorite food. Mm-hmm. I would have answered by now just to show you she doesn't eat enough. Go ahead. Probably um, maybe street tacos. Could be, yeah, you know, uh, um, pollo, uh, carne, puerco. I well, it depends because I don't eat a lot of meat, but I I do every once in a while when I when I'm craving it. Um, so probably fish, probably okay. Um, but okay, I, I eat girl. a lot of okay. vegetables, lots of fruit, and you know things like that. Well, I love I, I love curry, you know. Um, yeah. I love Indian food, um, Pakistani yeah. food, you know, South Asian. So healthy sounding, guys. Yeah, Deb's like, <laughs> I just had like a, a double quarter pounder with cheese and a lot. No, of I Go had ahead, quesadillas. Deb. Okay, I had quesadillas. Okay, okay. the microwaveable okay. one. <laughs> I made them myself. So okay, so I have a very long question from Grant Lavoc, and I want to get through it before I get to yeah. like the five other questions. I really need to get in there, and I'm trying okay. to go quickly. So we have Grant Lavoc is a good friend of ours. He's working on um, Aus- Australian UAPs. He also does deep bakes for people. He's very big on promoting other people's content. So I have to get his question in. Okay. Um, in a recent Twitter post, you indicated that. You can very much relate to the sentiment of Jodie Foster's character, Dr. Ellie Arroway, in a scene from Contact, based on the novel by Carl Sagan. In the scene, Dr. Arroway's testimony to Congress um, is relentlessly questioned and scrutinized by James Wood. Um, you express that you wish to share with the world the awe, the humility, and the hope that your experience gifted you. 
based on your professional experience, intelligence background, and presumption that actionable intelligence can only be secured via the capture of verifiable evidence and a multitude of reliable data points. God, Grant. <laughs> how, can, how can those of us that, like Mr. Kitts, are proponents of Occam's Razor, further consider and appreciate the validity of your experience rather than taking it on face value in the absence of verifiable evidence? I that you need to... Um... Seek, seek what you're wanting to find, and you probably will. Um, it there's definitely a a mind mind body consciousness balance that um, that I think that people reach um, in these moments where they're having contact with the phenomena. Uh, and I, I don't really know how to tell other people to to get, you know, to have the, I don't know how to tell other people to have the experience that I had. I can just tell you how, how I got there and how, you know, what has um, benefited me and led to ongoing contact and establishing a meditative practice and carrying that practice and that understanding that we are all connected through energy and light and that, that we are that we are surrounded by the phenomena, and that it's not a part of some science fiction story. That it's a part of the human story. It's it's actually a part of our lives that we are going to be experiencing um, until until we're no longer in these physical bodies. And um, and so I guess you, you if you I don't want to say I once said to someone, "Fake it until you make it." And what that meant is that develop or adopt what you're looking for, adopt the worldview, uh, develop a mantra that will lead you to where you want to go. Okay. So you don't, you don't necessarily um, have to uh, set a specific kind of intention. Just what is it that you're trying to understand about the phenomena? Do you, do you want to, uh, have an experience where you understand that we're one consciousness, uh, that we're actually actually connected to each other energetically and through frequency and vibration. If you want to understand that, then then when you're meditating, set that intention, develop a mantra that expresses that, and and then um, live the lifestyle that could reflect it. And you'd be surprised at the synchronicities that start opening up, the people that you meet, the experiences that you have. Um, and uh, that's how, that's what I would suggest is seek what you're wanting to find and seek it with, you know, goodness in your heart. De Deb has one that I'd love to get your take on. Go ahead, Deb, about disclo uh, them disclosing. Yeah, I just, um, my my thing that I talked to DJ about is that I have the impression that they're trying to figure out how to disclose to us. They want to be revealed. It's very clear if you hear what they're doing with, you know, <laughs> the best sensors we have. And they're just kind of all over the place right now saying, hello, 
you know, mm -hmm. so, and then that would be around our warships, you know, they're going in front of our satellites, they're going, they're getting their photo taken, you That's know, right. so it's pretty clear. And, and of course, they're communicating with certain yes. people. Um, yes. So I, I very much feel that they, that's what they're working towards, which is why I said that's what yes. I feel like is partly why I got called in to do yes. this. Yes. So um, what, what's yeah. your thought on that? When you asked me earlier, are we ready? And I never, I, I didn't answer that, that um, part of it. And um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if we're ready or not. It's going to happen. And there is a certain inevitability, inevitability about our contact with them that they keep expressing to me and that they keep expressing to others. And it has something to do with the changes that the earth is going to go through that will make it inevitable that we will be able to actually have, that we will be able to see other, other, perhaps it's dimensions. I don't really, I don't really know what it is, but we will see all the other people that the other forms of consciousness that we share this world with, that we share the same space with. And, um, and so ready or not, they're going to come and because they're already here. And, and what's going to come is that we can see them, that we can perceive them. Um, and so it doesn't really matter if we're ready. Um, of course they would like as many of us to be ready as possible. They don't want to incite panic, create panic in the mind. You know, they really, um, they, there are more, there's more than one group of, of, you know, beings and higher beings that are out there. So, you know, we, ha we have to talk about that sometime and that's probably a whole other episode. I've got, I have a triangle of, uh, it's a pyramid actually of the, the beings, as far as I understand them. Um, the like it's not a hierarchy but it's like based on their density essentially and how that how that um, turns into the area of, of operation and then how that turns into the message that each one of them is trying to um to convey to humanity right now and then how how that turns how that targets their audience um so i have this like four pyramid system that that goes you know into a circle and I would love to share that with you guys sometime. But like I said, it's a huge conversation. I, I would appreciate that because I feel like there's a very systematic approach, not only from our government, but yeah. from our friends, so to speak. Yeah. And it's always oh, like, let's, like, it's always like, let's try this. Okay, that's not going to work. And there's always, you know, that kind of contemplation about what's best yes. to do, what's going to work. Um, so that leads me to my next question. You have spoken about an alliance of races. A lot of people are very interested in the number of races. Um, what is, and also uh, there's conversations about a council. And I actually just heard about the council again, DJ. Linda uh -huh. Moulton Howe was talking about a council of five that people are talking about. And I don't remember five. But uh, there's there's a council also. So if you could just explain that briefly, I know we're, we're running out of time. I have a few more questions. Yeah, I honestly, um, I can't explain that briefly. Briefly, um, that the alliance of races and the council five, um, you know, um, it that number has changed over the years according to where we are in 
the cycle of birth and rebirth that we have been experiencing here. Um, and right now we're at a point where um, everyone has congregated back now um, and they're all fulfilling their, their different parts of, of um, the end of the cycle. They're different roles. They have different roles. They have jobs to do um, just like we all have jobs to do. Um, and so I just yeah. want to say that everyone who talks about the council is talking about how snobby and rude they are. Just an FYI. You know, this is perfect for a part two. We can dig into this, man. I honestly, um, with the, the, I, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to spread it out, but you know, with the, the four pyramid structures, it could take, we could, we could honestly take some really good time to go through that sometime. Um, and that feeds heavily into who is the council? Why are they here? You know, what exactly are they trying to accomplish? Um, and why do they dis humans? <laughs> why do they dis humans who try to talk to them, who to go there with their light beings, who try to get help from them and diss them? Okay, anywho, not, not the point. Anywho, I, I, um... <laughs> I've got something more important than this. Um, <laughs> Anjali, could you talk about what kind of hair care products that you use? Is it a mousse, gel? Uh, all right. Okay. We don't have to talk no, about I your hair care products. No. Oh, my God. Let me tell you. You guys will love this. Um, I didn't do anything to my hair, and that's why I keep touching it because it's just. Oh, my. It looks. Um, that looks so great. Audio. That's the great thing about audio. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So. My hair um, used to stick straight. Like stick straight, and this is ridiculous. The things that are happening in my hair. The now. beings did that, obviously. But after the visit, your hair's never been the same. Um, <laughs> so, as far as like, uh, this is my final question uh, for you because I know you got to get out of here. The as far as the interactions with the Navy, um, and and it seems to be. Uh, it seems like there's a, there are more contacts with the Navy than the Air Force, at least what I gather from what I know. Why do you think that is? Probably because of the technology that's on those crafts, on those ships, on those carriers. Um, that would be that would be my guess. I, I don't know. Um, I think that we I think that we need to be very careful going forward on um, how we determine what's the legitimate phenomena and what's not um, a, a ploy to look like the phenomena. Like let's demonstrate by having a light turn on here and maybe it goes, goes a little bit and turns off and then it turns on and then we have a light turning on over here and we automatically, the human brain's going to say, Oh, did you see how quick that moved? Mm -hmm. Well, are we sure that's what happened. Or did we have two different objects that lights are turning on and off? Like what are, you know, the kinds of capabilities that are being demonstrated to us? And, and, and I don't know that, that we're going to come, that we're going to going to really get to the bottom of that. Um, but I suspect that they are interacting with the Navy because of the mission of that particular ship. I also think being, being near the water, of course, there's a lot of things going on inside our ocean. That's my opinion. But I also wanted to point out that um, you're correct. I think there's going to be a lot of mimicking of the phenomenon in the future because one thing that was 
being held close to the vest was the signal that they put out, but someone has conveyed to the public what that is and what the Hertz is. I'm not going to say who it was, but there's a very good chance that some other people already know it and they're going to try to put that out. So that, that crossed my mind recently when I was listening to an interview that maybe we shouldn't have advertised that more, (laughs) but I think other countries knew that. Um, there's certain there's certain characteristics that they have that I don't think we're equipped to mimic at this point, uh, given a couple of the uh, the instances that, that happened with the Navy and the characteristic they displayed in flight. And I'm using the word flight in air quotes. And I, I don't think that that humans have the ability yet to mimic some of those behaviors. That's right. That's right. I agree with that. Yeah, that and the craft that, um, you know, was aerial and then was submersive. And that was just mind blowing. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. It's stunning. Every, every time I hear something about it, I'm just so excited. You know, I, go. I, I, I can't wait to hear more about USOs. Okay, because <laughs> it's starting to come out like the French uh, were talking about that recently. Very, very fast craft underwater. I can't wait to hear more about those. hydrodynamically that's impossible with our technology to go the speed of sound underwater if that's true that's not possible with something that we could create and in russia they talked about seeing beings in the water our history of folklore with mermaids makes me go hmm i wonder but um yes i love looking i love i like how our parallels with the phenomenon and our folklore kind of line up um, so stories. I some of the some of the um, the indigenous creation stories are um, after after when the surface of the earth wasn't um, suitable for them to be living. They actually their brothers who live in the earth emerged yeah. and brought them, invited them in and took yeah. them underground where mm-hmm. they later when the earth was ready, they emerged back out with their yes. brothers you know, that's it makes me wonder if it's the same. Yeah, I have that. Yeah, I have that origin story on the connector. There's and several other really interesting ones, you know, the Hopi and so forth. They're very interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, so unfortunately, we're pretty much at the end of our time. And despite the fact that I had so many other questions, which makes me think we're just going to have to do a part two. Um, and you have the, yeah, I, I just want to um, ask you, um, this DJ kind of hinted at this in the chat. Did you have any messages for us? Um, and DJ specifically wanted to know, what did they think about DJ? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! This could be um, this could be a sad moment. This could depend yeah. on if I sleep tonight. Go ahead. Um, I have to, I have to be honest and say that I haven't meditated today. Um, I I haven't meditated in a few days, and this is it's very sad uh, for me. Um, we lost we lost a little kitty companion of <gasps> sixteen years. Um, that. He's, he is so tiny. We've had him for so long. He used to ro- run around in my ri- my robe pocket. You know, he was bottle fed and just tiny and perfect and beautiful. And he's been, uh, he had many names, Buddha Cat um, and Brother Clyde. <laughs> um, and oh, what else? Sweet Baby Clyde. We had, uh, he's just the most remarkable 
Um, and I was there with them until the end. And, um, and it's been hard for our family and um, my children, you know, some of my family is, has come so that tomorrow we can have a return to the earth ceremony where we show gratitude for his physical vessel that allowed him to come here and have the experience and to be our companion for so long. And we have a special place where we lay it out, um, where we lay the body out and it, and um, then it, it helps to separate, you know, the consciousness from the body and um, then it returns it to nature. We just let nature, you know, take, take over. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is my, my mind is in a little bit of a different place and I haven't, I haven't meditated and, and I was really hoping I could get in a little bit of that, but um, so I, um, I don't have, I don't have any messages today except to really, you know, just, just love each other, just be love. Um, when it, it's hard, we all know how difficult it is to be online and to, and to deal with people online. And, um, you all, the three of you have just been remarkable, but if we could just, oh, all of us remember that, um, there is a human being on the other end of, of, of that device. And they're receiving those words and we're, we're sending energy out through, through a different, a different medium now to each other. And um, that we should be mindful of that. Um, and um, to just be more loving and, and compassionate to one another. It's really the way to, uh, to get more love in the world is to just to be that love, just be it, even when others can't be it to you. Yes, you'll if you come watch some cab shows, and DJ just put his hand up for those who are not able to see. Um, yes. That's one of DJ's big messages: one love. And 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 my thing is, you know, love. You know, as long as you're respectful and you're you're listening to other people and accept accepting the fact that everyone has a different opinion. That's fine. You can have different opinions, but you don't have to be rude. You don't have to be personal. You know, that's, that's love also. Like I, I tend to go with, right, right. I tend to go with, you don't have to be illy and gooey and ogle over people or have a Twitter crush or the, or have a Twitter crush. Wait, wait, don't talk about Twitter crushes. I'm I'm not talking. In the presence of Anjali. I I was going to talk about mine or have one and then find out that they're married and then lose it (laughs) immediately when you find out that they're married. Okay, anywho, <laughs> you, you don't have to you don't have to love people that way, but you can <laughs> you can love people in a parental way also. Like that's kind of one of the big ways that I do it. Nurture people, try to educate people. All of that is love. I just want to be clear about that. Which On that you? note, thank you so much for sharing your love with us. Yeah, thank you thank for you. coming today. Truly, truly. So nice meeting you. Oh yes, thank you very it's, much. You too. Uh, oh, you're it's so wonderful. This is honestly, it's it's really nice to be in, um, in 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 community and fellowship with with like-minded people. I spend I've spent right. a lot of time in what I consider the trenches. You know, of just trying right. to to well, realize yeah. other people with my story, and it's, I can get pretty battered and bruised that way. And this has just right. been like. Sad. Uh, well, know. let me put it this way. Like I said, 
we're all very open-minded. We let people have their different opinions. If you look at my webpage, I present every hypothesis. Everyone's allowed to have a different opinion. I say what I believe, what I hope for, but I accept that other people have different views. And I also am supportive of experiencers because whether or not someone understands that person's going through that and we have to support people um and we have to show that we care about these people and eventually hopefully one day even our government will care but that's a whole other topic and i think that we also to be aware that experiencers not just have the they don't just have the psychological and emotional toll of not understanding their contact experience but they also have a body burden that will that we're probably going to see like it's going to affect their body in some kind right. of way and we should be mindful of that that right. um if if they don't agree with the experiencer um you know we should be there to to just give all the kind all the different methods of su- or kinds of support that right. that we need right. to each other that's all i wanted to say right. there's all kinds all- of things to remember if- that we need to be mindful of yeah. if you I, a- I would say goodbye to anjali but <laughs> I'm sorry. Here we go. <laughs> you can't do it. <laughs> you can't do it. <laughs> I will say that uh, if anyone wants to hear more about experience or support, John Ramirez came on the dojo specifically for that. So go back and listen to that interview. He was, he's very, his heart is very much into helping people. So that was what that whole thing was wow. about. It was about helping experiencers. Cause I, 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 I don't care if he works for the CIA or not. I'm sorry. That's not how I relate to him. Yeah, it's great yeah. that he did. It's awesome. He's very smart. We all know this, but yes, helping experiencers was what that was about. <laughs> so CJ, instead of me doing my typical outro, how about you do it cab style? <laughs> all right. So uh, th- again, thank you very much. All kidding aside, Anjali, it was an absolute honor and a pleasure to have you on. And, uh, and finally get to speak with you. So for Anjali, for Flair, and for Deb, yes. this is DJ saying peace out, one love, and we'll see you down the road.